What's going on, Thunder fans? Before we get to tonight's episode, I wanted to acknowledge a special occasion, and that is Daily Thunder's 12th birthday. Happy birthday to Daily Thunder. And with that, I wanted to give a special shout out to Royce, Royce Young. Um, uh, January uh, 20th of 09, he started this thing that we all love called Daily Thunder, and it uh, it was a place for for fans to get to know a brand new team, get to know a brand new league in Oklahoma City. And it not only connected fans in Oklahoma City and in Oklahoma to this team, but it is now connected fans from all over the world to one another. It has really become a community, um, a big playground for for fans to to learn and to uh, to get to know one another, um, to help each other cope after playoff losses, even finals losses. It's been quite a ride, and we owe a lot to Royce and to Carrie. Thank you for building it. Thank you for taking such good care of it. And uh, everything that we do here, uh, we hope to make you you guys both very proud. Um, also wanted to shout out Thunder Chick for being the community historian and uh, helping us remember and recognize all of these awesome milestones. Uh, so a big shout out to you. Uh, again, shout out to Royce and Carrie. Thank you both so much. And with that, welcome to the Daily Thunder Podcast. Welcome back to the Daily Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Woods, here tonight with two guests. Birthday girl, Olivia Punchall. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Very good, very good. And beat writer for Daily Thunder, Brandon Rabar. How are you? I'm good, but not as good as uh, Olivia. It's her birthday today, so big shout out to Olivia. Yeah, we Do- just said that. I only agree to. I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, you can edit this out, or you can leave it out. I will not. Look like a I'll goof. leave it. I'm gonna. Yeah, leave, leave it. it. Let, let me look like a goof. <laughs> we, we plan to do this in between Mark Dagnall's press conference and the players, because the players always take like 20 minutes to shower and stuff in between. And for some reason, Teo Maladon is apparently a really quick shower taker, or he just didn't work up a sweat tonight because he's already on. But I'll, I'll ignore Teo and pay attention to you two. Wow. Are you no, sure he's not I'm getting in here? Do you remember that time that we waited for like, maybe you weren't there. We waited for like 40 minutes for Paul George to get a haircut in the locker room before he came out. <laughs> and it was excruciating. No, you know what was great about that? You and me were both at that game and we were talking about like, okay, who wants to go to the the home locker room and who wants to go to the away one to see Paul yeah. George? I was like, you know what? You go ahead. You go see Paul George. You know, that's that's cool. I'll stay here with the, with the home one. And I was gone like at home, like eating brownies and you're still at the <laughs> arena waiting for Paul George to talk. Yep, it's true. So and then I had to pee really bad. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I had to pee really bad. I didn't want to go because then I would miss it. And then the whole point of me waiting would have just been pointless. <laughs> Ryan regrets so hard asking us yeah. both to come on this episode. <laughs> we just overtaken his organized. I love it. So we're talking about brownies and peeing. You guys have, you guys have created a monster already. Cause now I'm going to ask you both every single time. Um, Oklahoma city takes a pretty good beating tonight in Denver. Uh, final score, 119 to 101. Brandon, we were talking before we started. The Thunder kind of got off to a pretty good start. They ended the quarter, first quarter 31 all, but had a 31-23, I believe, and then the wheels kind of came off from there. 
Yeah, so the Thunder looked great in the first quarter. Uh, they had that 10-0 run to take the 31-23 lead. And then to end the first quarter and to begin the second quarter, the Nuggets go on a 15-0 run and go up 38-31. to And that's kind of where the game was lost. I mean, you know, it got worse from there. But I think that's where, you know, had that not happened, I think we see a competitive game for the rest of the way. But it just kind of seemed like the Thunder got a little deflated and started kind of pushing, started taking bad shots and things like that once the kind of snowballed there. I we'll get in. I, I mean, the, the law, the result is what it is. I kind of want to get into, into some negatives and positives of the game. One big negative that I felt has been a continuation of previous games is they really are struggling to rebound when Al Horper doesn't play. Yeah. And, and I like Isaiah Roby. Like, I feel like he's doing a solid job considering that he's a guy that was, you know, considered a cut candidate during preseason. Most Thunder fans wanted him gone. Analysis didn't know why he was on the team. And here he is in four starts. He's hit double digits every game. And he's looked like a player and a keeper. But he's still a 22-year-old second-round rookie uh, or second-round sophomore. And he's not Al Horford. I mean, Al Horford's experience and his defense and just being a bigger body um, is definitely missed on this team. No question. And I mean, so many, so many second chance points. I believe the, I don't have the number in front of me. The points in the paint was like huge disparity tonight. I think it was like the nuggets were like in the high sixties thunder in the low forties points in the paint. Um, yeah, no, I think it was Jokic was in the high sixties and the thunder were in the low forties. <laughs> <laughs> God, he is, he's gotta be in the discussion for, for MVP right now. He's, he's just fantastic. He only had six assists, but it felt like so many more, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just controls that offense, uh, all the way from his scoring and his passing. It's just, it's just unreal for a big man. Olivia, have you ever seen a guy pass like that? A big guy pass like that? I haven't. And also I'm pretty sure he's leading the NBA in assists right now, which is absolutely insane for a guy of his size he's just like everything that you would want and that the thunder have always needed all in one player like he can pass he can he's a center who can shoot threes that was something that we always wanted you know Serge Ibaka and uh Stephen Adams to do and it just never never really worked out for them and so it just makes me super jealous of (laughs) Jokic and I wish he was on the thunder because he's he's phenomenal he he makes a couple he made a couple passes tonight and he does this routinely where he's kind of holding the ball out in his right hand away from the guy that's on him and everyone just freezes it's everyone's just kind of waiting on on his decision he whips these passes to the corner from the other side of the floor and it's like the the defender has no shot at recovering back to the man it's just a matter of if it goes in or not but it, those assists, that's kind of why I felt like he had 11 or 12 assists tonight because he had a couple of those passes that are just like, they are so deflating as a, uh, for a defense. You've loaded up on the guy, the, the best player on the floor. You've loaded up and in a blink, the ball is like, the ball is 20 feet, 25 feet away and there's, there's really no chance to recover. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> that's, I agree with Olivia's analysis there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you come to the Daily Thunder podcast for is that kind of analysis. That is big time. 
That's why I recruited her to Crossbolts. I can see why. I can see why. Oh, I like uh, it. Oh, I like it. <laughs> um, so Jokic finished with 27, 12, and 6. Honestly, they didn't get too much um, from one individual, but they did ha- end up with several players in double figures, including 15 off the bench from Monte Morris. Um, a positive from this night is Lou Dort. That was probably that's probably your uh, your player of the game for Oklahoma City. What did you see from him defensively on Murray tonight, Brandon? I mean, he locked him up in Dort Knox. He was locked in the Dortress all night. Uh, I see those names on Reddit, and I just wanted to throw them out there because they're <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I've been brave enough to like put it in anything that I tweet or write. Uh, so I figure this because uh, uh, people just hear it and then it's gone. But <laughs> I mean, really, Jamal Murray, two of 10 shooting for five points. This is a guy, if you remember, he was tabbed in the playoffs last season as like the next NBA superstar, like no brainer. He was going to be an all-star this year. ESPN ranked him number 21 coming into the season. By the way, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has outperformed Jamal Murray across the board this season. But all that said, you know, he's the Nuggets' second best player. He's a rising star. And Dort outplayed him on both sides of the court. Not only did Dort completely lock him up and not let him get off any good shots, uh, Dort smoked him on the other end as well, scoring 20 points, hit three threes. Um, Olivia, uh, 20 is how many times of five, Miss USC? Four. So, <laughs> Lou Dort scoring four times the points of Jamal Murray. If you had that in Vegas, like please come forward and collect (laughs) all of the money. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I don't think anyone predicts that. I mean, I don't think anyone ever predicts anything about Lou Dort. He's such an enigma. You just don't ever expect what you're going to get from him. Um, I, one thing that's really stood out to me this season, he's been so much more consistent than he was last season. So a lot of time last season, especially during the playoffs, it was really variable, whether you could count on him to be an offensive force as well as defensive. But I feel like this season he's done both exceptionally well. And that's really exciting to me. I had said on Twitter, I think his ceiling is Marcus smart. So a player like that. And now you think it's Dirk Nowitzki. Now Same. I'm like, now I'm like, who? Like he's still he's still developing. Obviously, he's not Mar- he's not Marcus Smart yet. But yeah. now I'm now I feel like I have to rethink the whole thing. <laughs> Dirk is like the most opposite player in Dort you could find. Like kudos for coming up with like the most randomly opposite player of Dort. Lou gets Dirk. Well, I was, it wasn't like a size thing, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but I was more just like a defensive offensive three shooting i don't know he's your he's your three and d guy he's your classic three and d guy obviously it really is crazy like to to think what i mean this is his this is his first full season (laughs) this is (laughs) we are off the rails tonight Uh, this this is his first full season and it's like it really is insane to think what he could potentially be in three to four years that's kind of what i'm saying so you're basically seeing now what happens like uh, like 99% of the time on CrossPulse that you don't see like on the actual videos. Uh, but yeah, no, Dort, Dort's rise has been just unreal. He's still on the uh, Oklahoma City Blue 
uh, front page, like on that roster. That's how recent <laughs> it's been. Uh, they haven't updated the page yet, but he's still on there. And here he is. We're talking about him being a Marcus Smart type player, and it doesn't even sound crazy. Like he's he's come that far that fast. So another player that I wanted to get to tonight, <laughs> we we hit a positive. Let's hit a negative. Um, what is Pokachevsky? What what is he? An enigma wrapped in a mystery. Wow. <laughs> I like I don't know. You can't even describe like I don't know. Well, first, okay, let's start with the obvious. He's inconsistent, obviously. Like he has some games where, you know, he might not like score the most points, but he is a plus because of his defensive skills. He has some other games where he hits a couple threes, and that's really exciting. Then he has games like tonight where he has zero points and uh, just really not. He was 0 for 5 from 3, which is just awkward. <laughs> so, I mean, I, but I'm like, and at the end of the day, I don't really expect that much from him. Honestly, I thought that he would spend most of the season with the blue. I think he's like a really long term project, um, like a two, three year project. So, I mean, I don't really have much to say about it, but. I think inconsistent is the the biggest word I would use to describe him. I have a question for either of you, really. Who was taking him in the first round? But other than us, like, why did we trade? Like, why did we have to trade up to get him? Who what, who was competing? Who are we competing against to draft him? It was uh, Dirk Nowinski's uh, <laughs> former team, the Dallas Mavericks. Were they, they really, were gonna were they really going to do it? Yeah, they were the. Word is, and from good sources within uh, the Mavs, you know, not organization, but the people that cover them, were that the Mavs were going to take him at number 18. Uh, so that's why Presty wanted to jump. That Here's the deal. I'm fine with Poku. Like, he was bad tonight, but he's shown flashes. Like, you see the, the playmaking and the handling and the vision and the rebounding and the blocking. You see it. I mean, his shooting is wild. His shot selection is worse, uh, but I do think he has the ability to shoot. Uh, like it's not like his form is bad and stuff. Like they see that in him. The thing is, he's the youngest player in the NBA, and he's seven two. And you got all those things. You just swing for the fences. Like why not? And, like when and you're I'm totally. That late, I, I'm with. I'm with the pick. Like I. I'm excited to watch what happens. I was just curious. Like, why did we give up an extra pick to move up? Six or seven spots. Yeah, uh, apparently the intel was the Mavs wanted to take him. And hey, the Mavs know a thing or two about like seven foot Euro dudes that can shoot. I mean, between Dirk and and Luca. So, and I trust Presti on this because you know he was on Porzingis a year before everybody else was. He was going to take him into the twenties, uh, and then he was on Sabonis earlier than other people were as well. And those three guys are kind of the same ilk, you know, bigs from Europe who can handle pass and shoot. Uh, but they were really, really young. And he, he was kind of maybe reaching a year early cause he saw the potential. I'm not saying Poku will be those guys, sure. but that's what Presti sees. So I, I, I'm with him. Is this um, the first time that Dirk has been mentioned on a Thunder podcast? <laughs> I mean, we, we would have to go back to the days of, uh, of like Thunder Mavs playoff series. And I don't even know if a daily Thunder podcast existed at that point. So this may, we may be setting the record. And I love that we've compared him so far to Dort and Poku. (laughs) 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 
He's like an all time top 25 player. Lou Gantz Dirk. From now on. So we did see at the end of the game, um, we saw Josh Hall 13 minutes. He was kind of all over the place, but he did a, he did a couple things that I was like, Hey, maybe we could see a few more minutes from him. I said, why not? I mean, that's the whole point of the season, right? To try out different combinations, different lineups, give a lot of opportunity and minutes to young players, um, just kind of see what they can do in a, in a real NBA game against, uh, against some of the league's best players like Jokic. Um, so I'd say go for it. I mean, at the end of the day, the Thunder get better, not if they win games, but if the players, if the young players are getting better and becoming more reliable. And I feel like the only way that they can do that is if they get the opportunity to play. So no question. And that's, and that's your argument for, for Poku's minutes right now. Like this, this is such an experimental year. All you're wanting to do is get these guys on the floor and let them, let them figure out their, their, strengths and weaknesses and improve on things and get better. So um, another guy that let's talk about Darius Baisley. I'm not even going to enter Darius Baisley. So <laughs> there have been, um, there have been a few games where he's had a rough first quarter and it feels like it affects the rest of his game. Um, like the next three quarters for him tonight felt like tonight seemed different. He had a couple turnovers early, really rough pass and transition, missed a couple threes. And then came back and had some really, really solid play in the, through the rest of the first half into the third quarter. So that's something that I've been wanting to see from Baisley is him not get so down on whatever's happening in the moment. Yeah, Baze, Baze has been so interesting this year, you know, because last year he was the happy-go-lucky, always in a good mood, always, you know, funny and lighthearted. And this year... You know, in the we noticed at first in the media calls, yeah. he, he just wasn't quite the same, like his disposition and personality. It was more serious. <laughs> he took on a serious tone and it translated to the court last year. He was, you know, laid back and having fun on the court, it seemed. And and this season, like you said, it seems like if if he starts off a little rough, he, he seems to be down. Like it's just the disposition just isn't the same. And I and I think a lot of that is he's taking more responsibility is trying to take it serious. Like, okay, you know, these are, he's, he's starting now. He's taking on a bigger role. He, uh, the Thunder want him to be a, a locked in defender. And I think he's just trying to change his mindset and, you know, it's kind of tough, you know, uh, if all of a sudden they told me I had to talk negative about the Thunder all the time and, and, you know, stop being a sunshine pumper and, <laughs> and stop, you know, goofing off. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you kind of have to change your mindset, you know, it can kind of affect you. That's definitely a lot more pressure this season for him. I feel like last year, anything that he did was surpassing expectations. And now that he set the bar so high while he was in the bubble, um, I feel like the pressure on him to be really elite and be at the same level as SGA is a lot higher for him this season. I think that's the magic word is, is expectation. Olivia, do you, that's where you put a lot of what we're seeing is, is him dealing with elevated expectation. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think a lot, he puts a lot of that on himself because I think that's kind of just the person that he is, especially I think that playing a season with Chris Paul um, really changed him as a player and really um, pushed him to expect more from himself and to want more for himself than to just be, you know, a, a bench player or a role player. And I think he's still, you know, I think he's still takes a lot of those lessons he learned from Chris Paul to heart the season, even without Chris Paul being there. And I think that it, uh, he puts a lot of pressure on himself, I guess is my point. And it's not necessarily um, something that fans do or um, coach does, but I think that that's just kind of his personality to really push himself and expect a lot from himself. Yeah. Um, I I'm, I'm watching Baisley closely for that reason. He, I, I want to see that infectious joyous personality on the floor because it it that is contagious and but the the kind of the the moping is also very contagious it can be very contagious as well so I'm hoping to see that uh that that spirit from Baisley that we saw last year yeah I agree yeah I think he's just being too hard on himself it's all right Baze. just enjoy the game man we don't really care if you guys lose or not I mean Days. You'll, you'll that's have, exactly it. Yeah, it's you're going to look even better next to Cade next season. Don't worry about it, bro. That's right. You can't even tell him that because in in I I just I feel like in his mind he's like we have to win these games and it's on me to win these games and the pressure is on me just as much as it's on SGA to be responsible for winning these games. So if you if you were to say that to Darius Baisley's face, he would. He would dismiss you. How dare you? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely not going to mention it. That's that's between the three of us. <laughs> it doesn't like, get don't past. Know, don't know that he's an avid listener of the Daily Thunder podcast. I thought I told you that. Crap! Edit this, Ryan. We'll, we'll get we'll <laughs> strike that from the tape. Um, so, uh, Oklahoma City gets a day off uh, tomorrow, and then they have a doubleheader against the Clippers on I believe it's Friday and Sunday and then they head north to Portland they will play Portland without uh Yusuf Nurkic or CJ McCollum um so that will be an interesting one one more time a big happy birthday to Olivia and thank you to Brandon thank you all for listening we will be back on Friday cheers everybody have a good night guys happy birthday Olivia thank you sorry base.